Welcome to episode 152 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name's Trent, as always, joined by Jason. And this week we've got the best of 2017. It's that time of year again. Yeah, every year here at the end of the year we're doing our episode where we count down our top albums of the year. I'm gacked up on like 48 cups of coffee, so let's do this. <laughs> gacked Num- up. Number one, Hardwired to Self-Destruct, Metallica. Congratulations. Yeah, that was so good or, and wait, so big for you that it carried <laughs> over into 2017 as well, right? That's right. That's right. I, I do have... That wasn't even number one the year it came out. How I could know. it be number one this year? I know. I know. <laughs> like I said, I'm it excited. Us, yeah. I'm excited. Listen, first off... I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bring something up. I got a bone to pick with you. You didn't know about this. I'm. Wa- I wanted to wait for the tape to be rolling, but I got to put a vote in. We got to stop this. Twenty six, sixteen of twenty sixteen, seventeen of twenty seventeen. It's getting crazy, man. With it, it, it's like because by the time you get to fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, you're like, I don't know what to do. There's so <laughs> many to pick from, and you got to leave something out. I mean, it's just. We gotta we gotta get a little bit more conventional. I, I want to put a vote in for just going back to a good old top ten. We gotta go to twenty twenty, and oh then God, once we no, get to just think about it, once we get to twenty twenty one, then we can go back to ten. How oh that? man, <laughs> that's gonna be crazy. Well, I think I always did it for my benefit because I was like, there's like four or five more albums I want to put on my top ten. I'm yeah. telling you, well, yeah, I guess I can. I guess I can hang in there. Twenty's like a, a good round number. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of OCD when it comes to that stuff, so I guess I'm okay with that. But it's it, it gets kind of tough sometimes, you know. Yeah, especially like I said on the ones towards the end. This, I mean, this year's music. There was a lot of great music, but I think the last two years we talked about this on those episodes, 2016 and 2015, were like really, really strong. Yeah, so it was hard to even like pick number 15 or 16, I was like struggling because there was like five or 10 albums that I wanted to be on the list that weren't making it. This year, there was a few albums that didn't make my list, but I wasn't like sweating over it like I normally am. Yeah. So I guess that means this year was like a little bit under the last couple of years, but I mean, our top list has some strong stuff in my opinion. Well, you know, uh, rock and metal is definitely alive. It's not going anywhere. You got cool new bands. You got older bands doing good stuff. It's all over the place. Uh, and this year's no different. Yeah, and our list kind of, I just not thought of this. I didn't look through it, but we kind of span the, the gamut. You yeah. Know? We've got some really heavy stuff, clear to stuff that falls into the glam category, stuff that falls into the punk category, progressive Whatever, you know, the, the list is all over the place. It, it sure is. Classic it, rock. It, as it should be, yeah. We got classic rock in there. So, um, yeah, I guess, I don't know, I guess, what else we got to take care of, or should we just jump in? Well, first, we can say, hope you had a Merry Christmas. We're here oh, a couple yeah, days after that. And that's right. We got New Year's Eve coming up. Hope everybody's year's been good. I know ours has as far as the podcast goes. Definitely. Lots of great shows. I didn't write stuff down, so I don't want to start trying to rattle stuff uh, off. That would be, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a, a, an exercise in futility. Yeah. Because I couldn't remember everything. I'd forget some shit. Yeah, if we were actually Fuck doing it. a best of 2017 where we included music, concerts, songs, all that stuff, it took us a day to prepare yeah. for this, but yeah. it actually took us a few days to compile our lists in the first place. Yeah. And, and it would be like a fucking two-part. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it would be a, 
uh, Andy from Archon, Sid Falk from Overkill Sized Podcast. Yeah. And we love those guys, just saying. Yeah. Well, so we just stick to the albums. When we combine these, basically we each make our own list and then combine them and just, you know, with weighted numbers based off of the way they fell on each of our list. So there's a few things that fall off each of our list when we combine the two lists. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But, you know, just kind of, you know, we we made a list just so we weren't forgetting everything. Yeah, a master list. Yeah, of just, if you will. Just kind of went through and just wrote, even if it's a band like, say, Seether, you know, that I knew wasn't going to make my list, I still just wrote it down so I was covering all bases because surprisingly that Seether album was better than their last few albums. Mm-hmm. Hey, it almost made my list. Did it? It was number 18. No, it didn't. I'm if just If this kidding. was 2018, they would have made the cut, yeah. No, it's probably number 352 yeah, on my right. list. No, you remember when we listened to that, when that came out, I said, listen to these songs. I even remember you saying, this is better than normal. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not joking. This really happened. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's great bands that put out albums like Cavalier Conspiracy, Europe, Fireball Ministry, Active Defiance, Miss May I. You know, Big Wreck, you know, that would have been on my list probably yeah. if this was more encompassing yeah, of everything. So I don't even think I ever got yeah. around to listening to that one. It's There's great so stuff. much shit. Yeah, I need to. I need Ian to. Thornley always puts out good music. Uh, um, Rex Brown kind of. Yeah, that's something we both like yeah. that didn't make either of our lists. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just saw something that I think I bitched about once, but I want to bitch about again is Jared James Nichols. You know, they released it for like three days and then took it away. So that would have that would have been on my list. That, that would have been because see, I still haven't listened because, to that since oh, I haven't man. got the you know that release got pulled. Like you said, is that heavy enough to make a hard rock metal list? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, I mean he, you know, he's big on blues and blues power because he always hashtags blues power in his posts and all this kind of stuff. So we're talking. But, like, I mean, it's like Inglorious or Lynch yes, Mob bluesy if he, heavy. If you okay. like, you know. Uh, Black Country Communion or Glenn Hughes' last record or uh, would you Lynch Mob? Yeah, I mean you would have loved it. And, and the thing is, is they had a release date and it kept getting pushed back, kept getting pushed back, kept getting pushed back. They finally released it like in November sometime or something like that. I can't even. And it was badass. And then I listened to it like every day for like a few days, went to it one morning and it was gone and it was gone. It was gone off of Spotify. It was gone off of iTunes. It was gone off of Amazon, even on Amazon, just to order the CD, like a traditional, it was gone. And, uh, you know, so I don't know what the hell's going on, but I don't know. Maybe we'll see it again in 2018, but damn it. It was good. I'm sure we'll see it at yeah. some point, so that'll probably we'll be talking about this a year from now. I hope so. I just had to bitch <laughs> about it for a minute again. Yeah. Well, skimming through here, what's some other ones I listen to that Foo Fighters, Arch Enemy, Alice Cooper almost made my list. Paradise Lost, the, Richie Kotzen, the Junkyard. Gre- the Greta Van Fleet was Well, I wanted to mention that because yeah. they basically just released two different EPs. Mm-hmm. So I just excluded that from contention, basically. So we can't do EPs at all, or does it have to, I mean... Well, we I just, never have. Oh, I thought we may, if it was original, then we could. I don't know. But see, I forget shit. I mean, because we've done that in years past. There's, I can't remember off the top of my head someone, but, you know, there's always like an EP out that's great. Yeah. Uh, but, I, and, they, I, you know, their last, the one they released 
a couple months ago was eight songs, but it was basically the old EP, EP yeah. and a new EP they released. The uh, These guys are going to do cool things. I just kind of want to see where they're going to go a little bit more. Yeah. You know, that, that's, you know, for me, so. Yeah, we talked about that a while back, you know, it's, because I remember you were like, to see if they kind of branched from that real hardcore Zeppelin sound or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, as far as the 80s stuff go, Great White and Mr. Big both released great albums. Jack Russell's Great White also released an album, as well as the actual version of Great yes. White. Both those They're albums both were really good. good, yeah. Um, Creator came out at the beginning of the year, and that's uh, one that I know made a lot of people's lists, and I really liked it, but I just haven't really listened to it since then, so I kind of let it slip off my yeah. list, I think. And yeah, I that's kind of why those. Overkill fell off my list as well. Yeah. And um, Queens of the Stone Age, you know, the list goes on. Marty Friedman had a cool album. I'm not going to list everything here. <laughs> Sepultura yeah, I mean, was we, cool. We go on and on. Yeah. But just kind of getting into uh, a few things I'm surprised, I want to say I'm surprised didn't make my list. Okay. When I, you know, knowing they were coming out this year, if you had asked me at the beginning of the year, I would have thought Steelheart would be on my list at the end of the year. Yeah, no kidding. I like the album, but it just didn't, didn't grab me the same way, you know, the first couple obviously did, and even yeah. the one they had like eight or ten years ago. Well, you're a Steelheart guy. Yeah. It's a great album, but I guess there's 17 other ones I like more. And another one was Steel Panther, because I love everything these guys have done. Yeah. And I even like this album. There's three or four like really strong songs, but overall, it doesn't. It didn't hit me the same way their first few albums did. I get that. I, I, I can see that for sure. Because I know you even said, what, Wasted Too Much Time is one of the greatest... Uh, Love ballads ever? It, isn't it? It's one of the greatest kiss <laughs> love ballads. Fuck you songs ever written. Yeah, but I, I and 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 like I I told you, even take the joke of that song away, and it's a great song. But I'm kind of with you, you know. I think, you know, I don't I don't want to dog anything, but I think that their their gimmick might be running a little thin for me. You know, they've gotten four albums out of this, and uh, I don't know. You that know. was the fifth one, right? Oh, was it the fifth? Or I thought it was the fourth. fourth. Okay. But, I mean, you know. But, hey, you know, what do I know? More power to them. <laughs> well, no, their, their lyrics are always hilarious, but at the same time, like you said, it's running thin. I noticed that he's having to throw callbacks to other songs, and he's, like, having to repeat jokes because <laughs> yeah. at some point, as funny as he is, you kind of run out of material if it, everything's about one subject, yeah. you know, sex or whatever. Yep. <laughs> yep. One big dick joke. Yeah. But going into, well, do we want to mention the non-metal things now or do that at the end? Um, yeah, we can. I mean, I had, like before I said. We, yeah, before we totally, ju- yeah. yeah, let's do that. Well, I say metal, but if you've listened to us before, you know, we kind of encompass hard rock and metal. So mm. any, anything that's at least punk rock or heavier or glam rock or heavier, however you want to say that. Mm-hmm. And Big Wreck, like I mentioned, you know, they they're they fall more into just the regular rock category, I think, anymore. And then Sunvolt is another album I really loved, but yeah. obviously that's not rock at all. They're more Americana country rock. And their new album, Shades of Blue, was really good. Went and saw them live earlier in the year and 
just a phenomenal, you know, band from that genre that never really got as big as I think they should have. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, they had the couple hits in the 90s, but glad to see them keep on going. And Jay Ferrara's got a solo album coming out this next year and doing some touring as well. So looking forward to that. I know you had a few. Yeah. um, Let me guess, Steve Earle. Yeah. How'd you know that was going to (laughs) be kind of my my headliner of my little segment here? Um, You know, yeah, like, again, you know, I think both of us are pretty, you know, we're pretty big on country, real country, by the way. Um, we're not going to explain that again. If you don't know by now, then turn this shit off. Uh, and, um, you know, Americana kind of root stuff. Uh, a guy named Coulter Wall had a great album come out this year. That's that we right. both kind of discovered him. Um, and it's just self-titled, Coulter Wall. Look him up. I mean, it's just great, uh, you know, just real kind of bare bones, real solemn kind of songwriting. Uh, Margot Price, uh her album's called All American Made, and uh, it's fucking amazing. You know, she's got a great voice and, you know, a hell of a songwriter. And then, of course, Steve Earle had an album that uh, came out not too, too long ago, a month or two ago, I think. I don't know, maybe a little longer ago than that, but it's called So You Want to Be an Outlaw, and it's got Willie Nelson on it. And, I mean, it's just, I mean, if you love traditional country and Americana, this is just this is amazing. I mean, he's just got some catchy songs, uh, really important songs. I just saw him live in Oklahoma City a few nights ago, and it was amazing. Uh, so, yeah, th- those are my, you know, if 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 we, uh, for me, those albums are would be like right up there on the top of my list as well as, right. you know, the other stuff. But, you know, for what we're doing here. But, yeah, that's my kind of left of center picks for sure well man i want to know did he play copperhead road <laughs> yes yes he did yes that's my favorite did. country song man. He, was it on i think it was on chris shiflett's podcast a month <laughs> or two ago he said he's always got some drunk idiot that's yelling my copperhead road the whole show yeah he's yeah. got to go shut up man i'm gonna play it just shut up <laughs> so you know there's always that one guy yeah but uh i seem like there there was not that guy in oklahoma city a few nights ago but yes he does play it <laughs> and it was great it was great he you know he 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 doesn't shy away from his old stuff he played guitar town he played hardcore troubadour which isn't as old as old but still it, it was great it was so cool so right. cool to see that guy's a legend yeah well do you have any other i know we had some honorable mentions that didn't make either of our list and one of them well Fozzie's another yeah. album that I was kind of surprised didn't make my list that along with Steelheart because like I've always loved them and I like this album as well but it's just it didn't hit me the same way Sin and Bones or the last couple albums did mm-hmm. and it, it's got cool stuff but I just didn't I didn't gravitate towards it like yeah. I do a lot of their stuff well the, the two singles especially Judas you know I mean yeah you're going to sing that for days once you hear it. Uh, but yeah, I just Drinking didn't. with Jesus, that was Yeah, cool. I, I didn't soak up the rest of the album as much as I should have. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Overkill, The Grinding Wheel, and yeah. that's what it's called. That's the same way I will listen to it when it came out, and I really like it. It's a really strong album, but I just kind of, like I said, with Creator or something, it just kind of fell off for me as the year went on. Yeah. Which, I don't know, does that say I'm 
slipping as a thrash fan, I guess. Maybe Those two albums are <laughs> maybe you need to maybe you need to you know kind of look in the mirror a little bit, Trent. I know. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> Power Man Five Thousand had a new album just came out a couple months ago, and that might have made my list if it was just a tad bit stronger because yeah. there's like about half the album. This seems like the case with most Power Man Five Thousands. Yeah. It's not all killer, no filler. It's about half the album is as strong as fuck, and then the other half's kind of like, eh. It's like yeah. load or something, you know? It's like <laughs> half of it, you're like, this is really good. Another half, you're like, man, eh, whatever. But, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing them because it's been years and they're playing Rocklahoma. That's right. So I'm excited about that. And they're changed the sound every album a little bit, but still sound like Power Man. Yeah. Power Flow is another band that kind of, I kind of didn't. I remember when that got announced, you know, because it was a super group, but I didn't even, I just forgot about it until they were coming here, opening for Ruharia, right? Yeah. And yep. so <clears throat> I checked it out and was just really surprised about how much I liked that album. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it wasn't bad. And this coming from a guy that's not really that big on rap, you know? Yeah. But I, I really didn't mind it at all. It sounds great. Yeah, yeah, because he's even singing more than I think he did with like Cypress Hill. So yeah. it's it's got more. It's got the rap metal elements, but then it's also got more singing than you expect. So that's a cool one to check out if you haven't yet. It's also got Christian Old Wolbers. Have you say that? I think you got it. <laughs> they used to be in Fear Factory, <coughs> and it's got what Billy from Biohazard. Oh yeah, Billy from Biohazard. What else do we have? Lynch Mob. I'll probably get shit from Jason Carroll that this didn't make my list. But I kind of got towards the end of my list and thought it was going to be there. Down. But I bumped it for Sweet and Lynch. Yeah. Because I thought, I could have, you know, we could have made a top 17 of George Lynch albums, probably. Yeah. Didn't he release 18 of them this yeah. year? Yeah. Yeah. Because he, <laughs> yeah, and that's just the ones we know about. Who knows whatever the hell else he's done. <laughs> right. But. Yeah, that one, I mean, Lynch Mob's always strong. They've never released anything I didn't care about recently. I mean, mm. they had that, he had that smoke and mirrors thing way yeah. back in the day. But <laughs> most of their stuff's been great and they're highly underrated. Oni Logan's powerful as hell. Yeah, he is. This, this album's no different. And they're great but, live, by the way. Yeah. Never gets old. No. But getting into actual official honorable mentions. Okay. You want to go first? One okay, two. yeah. For me, it's Trivium and Havoc, and I'm surprised Trivium wasn't on your list more. Me too. Um, that was a great fucking record, uh, and Havoc the same way. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just thrash metal personified, and, you know, I don't know what happened with you. You had to pick a bunch of bullshit, so mine got carted off. Whatever, Trent. Whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, uh, in all serious. Those are my honorable mentions. They were on my list. The uh, sin and the sentence. Yes, the sin and the sentence. Well, we talked and, about that when it came out. We yes. both really liked it, and I liked it. It's just another thing that didn't stick with me. Yeah. But it's got what we talked about, some really strong, as good as songs as they ever did, you know? Yeah. Oh, no kidding. And then, um, what was, God, what was the song on the truth, the heart inside your head or something like that? See, I can't even remember the, <laughs> that's, you know. The heart in the hand, maybe? The, that's, that's how bad I suck. <laughs> the heart, the heart from your hate. Oh, Jesus hate. Christ! I'm sorry, Trivium and Trivium fans. That is a great song. So. What was the song like? Breaking something, 
or breaking something. Or early on in the album, does it start with a B? I don't know. Beyond Oblivion. Yeah, there we go. Beyond Oblivion. That song for me really jumped out. Yeah. And then uh, Havoc had, their album was called, what, Conformicide? Right. And, yeah, Conformicide. And that was, that was insane. Uh, Just a great, I mean, they're not new anymore. They've had several, they've been yes. around a while, a few albums. They're just as strong as a thrash band as any of the bands back in the day, you know. Yeah, and, and they, they've they they've got one song that kind of like goes into that. They kind of got it's kind of got a funky kind of thing, like all those bands used to do back then. Reminds you of like you know Scatterbrain or something. All those bands on Headbangers Ball used to do every now and then. Yeah, but I mean it's just it's a great record, and that's why it was on my list. So it's about time you mentioned Scatterbrain on this podcast. Hey, dude, don't call me dude. Okay. <laughs> That and that shit still holds up. It's a great fucking record. Have you listened to it? Yeah, modern, I listened to it. What modern times? Yeah, it was some. <laughs> it was this year sometime. I I uh, busted out some Scatterbrain. It was great. Did you listen to Bad for Good? No. Year? Ooh, I should. I listened to Animal Bag. Do you remember them? I remember that name, but I don't. Uh, know. The they showed the video in Headbangers Ball all the time. They looked like some kind of funk metal thing, and their song was "Everybody's Got to Get Out of the Country" or something like that. <laughs> and, or get out of the city and move to the country. And they ended it with a little Green Acres. <laughs> it, oh, man, if if you heard it, you might remember it. I don't know. I was too busy listening to Mother's Day Out. Oh, Jesus Christ. Or uh, remember those guys? They're from Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. Mothers, not Mothers. Oh, okay? yeah. Mother's, mother's Day, Day, Out. Day Out. Yep. Or Greta. Greta in the guy in the dress. Yeah, without the Van Fleet. <laughs> Probably about That's 20, true. Yeah. 25 years ago, just Greta. I played in the dress, and we had a interesting journey to Kane's Ballroom to go see them. We'll have to tell that story sometime. Get yes. Thrasher on the podcast. Oh yeah. Oh God, we should. Jesus, that's a whole that's a whole episode. We can't go into it here, but right. Yeah. Why yeah. are we talking about Greta on the best of twenty seventeen? <laughs> Who knows? I should have Google if they had an album. This, this is the joy of us, I guess. <laughs> right. But we need to get into this goddamn list here. Well, hold on. My two albums. Oh shit! Sorry, fell off the list. Or Sweet and Lynch's Unified. This is a band that I'm I'm just loving both these albums because kind of like we talked about, I think, when the first one came out, I know you were never big on Striper. I always thought they were okay, but yeah. I was never huge on them. I liked them, and I like his voice, but there's just something about when you put Michael Sweet's voice with George Lynch, with someone that has way more attitude, I think, to mm-hmm. their playing than what Striper had. Yeah. Or has, I mean, because the last Striper album was good, but this just, it's just, I don't know what the word is, more ballsy. Mm-hmm. Like I said, attitude. I mean, there's, but there's ballads on here, like Tried and True. You know, it's just a classic 80s style ballad and it's really good. Yeah. It would have been huge if it was 1991, but there's <laughs> Promised Land and Afterlife and all this stuff. It's just, if you like Heavy rock with sore, if you like anthrax, like heavy music with soaring vocals, you should give this a listen. It's yeah. not as heavy as anthrax, but it's, you know, you could throw Michael Sweet in that same category as Joey Belladonna, have a phenomenal voice. Definitely. Yeah. He, you know, his voice, I never really liked Striper because, you know, his voice just kind of bothered me back in the day. But nowadays, like when I hear Sweet and Lynch stuff, because like you said, the last one was fucking great. It just, I guess it's maybe because he's older, his voice just seems a little bit more, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, how to say it. 
you know, mature in a way. I don't yeah. know. that. that There's more be. to it than just the highness, and you it's, know? it's way better, and, and uh, I haven't listened to this one, but, you know, the first one was fucking great. Yeah. Well, the other album that fell off my list was Sons of Apollo, or fell off our list, sorry. Yes. And this album I was really excited for, just based off of who was involved, and we've talked Definitely, about before, yeah. you never know. The last several years have provided supergroups that have lived up to the hype. Mm. And I think this one's no different. And it's, I, I like the fact that it's a little different because a lot of these supergroups are just like heavy or they're just, you know, like the winery dogs or something where it's, it's just rock. There's not many that are just like falling into this category, which is more progressive metal, I guess. And I still didn't even really think it was going to fall that way with Bumblefoot being the guitarist. Really? And... You know, because you have the Portnoy that's from that world. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Scott Soto, I guess, kind of, you know, we talked about his album last year. Yeah. Remember the, oh, or yeah, it was just yeah. called Soto. Yep. That was a really good album, and it was pretty heavy. But I still thought with him at the helm, you know, we might have, like, just a real hard rock style album. But we got something even heavier, and Bumblefoot really kind of stole the show on this for me. When you're talking having Portnoy and Billy Sheehan, you know, two of the best ever at their instruments. Yes. <laughs> you think fast. that the rhythm section is going to steal a show for me, but it was, I mean, just the, uh, this album's just full of just like great guitar riffs and just memorable, you know, music. Yeah. And Bumblefoot's a huge part of that. And Soto, you know, his voice is, he's just one of those underrated guys that have never caught on with the mainstream. And, you know, same with Bumblefoot. Most People just know him because he was in Guns N' Roses for a while. And so this is a good thing, I think, for him to show people what he's made of. And hopefully, you know, I don't I don't hope it takes off huge because I want winery dogs to still be the main focus <laughs> yeah. for two of those guys. But, Me too, man. Me too. But I would love it if something came of this. I mean, what's his name? Derek Sherinian says that it is going to because it's the greatest band of all time because he's oh, in it. You know? Oh, yeah. He was on Eddie Trunk and he <laughs> yeah, was talking right. like it was the second coming of the fucking Beatles. <laughs> right. I mean, wow. Yeah. Okay. Right. I wouldn't say it's that great, but it's close. Don't tell him <laughs> that. He <laughs> right. might get mad at you. Well, let's <laughs> let's get into the real deal here Okay. Now. okay. We got... Much to Jason's chagrin, we're kicking this off at number 17. Yeah. <laughs> and the first album that made the official list at number 17 is Accept the Rise of Chaos. Should be higher. Hey, that's my fault. <laughs> I, uh, hey, it's just how the numbers worked out. That's yeah. okay. I'm just giving you a hard time. And the reason it's not higher is because it kind of, that's another one that kind of, I kind of slipped on. Oh, yeah. When the Rise of Chaos, the single came out. I listened to it, and I was like, man, this thing's badass. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? I'll admit it right here. I never listened to the album. Really? So oh, man. That's why if I had, I'm Dude. sure it would be on here, and that might be making this thing not as official as the list should be. Uh, but hey. This is a it's a great <laughs> fucking record. Just like, you know, Latter Day Accept is so good. I mean, it's all great, but it's just, you know, with their, the the singer now that they've got, Mark Tornillo, just, just like supercharged them you know i mean in everything the, his vocals are just unmatched okay you know the riffs the machine gun riffs there's hooks for days and like sonically the records sound fucking flawless and you know die by the sword hole in the head the rise of chaos kool-aid i mean every 
Analog Man, every one, every fucking one of them is just like this hook that gets stuck in your head. Like, you know, after you listen to the album, your brain can't compute everything it's heard because it wants a song to get stuck in your head, but you can't, your brain can't pick which one. <laughs> There's so many hooks. I mean, it's, that's cool. it, you've got to check this record out, I'm telling you. Um, so that's why it's definitely on my list, and I'm glad it made the list. Because, uh, yeah, if you haven't, you know, everyone's like, oh, is that the Balls of the Wall band? Yes, it is, and that's great, and we love that song, but listen to this new stuff they're doing. It's great. Yeah, I remember the, I listened to the last couple of albums because you kept telling me how mm-hmm. great the new stuff was, and it was really cool, and I mean, I almost liked it more than the stuff I'd listened to a long time ago, you know? But yeah. I, yeah, with, I mean, with Udo. Yeah, yeah it's and nothing. It's like I have nothing against Udo, but this stuff is just, it's just out of the gate, just hundred percent badass. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to be that badass when I'm sixty two. I goddamn guarantee you that. <laughs> it's great that these guys can do this kind of stuff still. So you know what? They should go on tour with in America with Saxon. Yes. Oh yeah, they should. They fucking should. That's a good idea, man. Mm. Have Night Demon open up. That's true. Because Night Demon's opening for Accept in Europe anyways. Oh, that's nice, yeah. Yep. We might mention that name here and again. We might, here in a little bit. Well, it would be cool if it was Quadruple Bill, those three bands, and Prong right there in the middle. That'd work. And that's my transition into number 16, (laughs) was Prong Zero Days. And Prong, we've talked about this every time we talk about Prong, is that we'll be talking about this on the next band as well, but they've been pumping out albums. Like every year, yeah. which is not normal in this day and age. Yeah, no kidding. Especially for an established band. You know, in this day and age, people are like, well, I'm just going to release the singles or EPs, you know, and they might release a full album every three years. But Prong is literally full on albums. Every, you know, the last five years, I think there's been four studio albums and it covers albums. So there's been an album every damn year. I know. And they've the last three years, I know they've made our list because they're... They're that Consistent. damn good. Yeah. They're, you know, Tommy Victor buys into the hashtag all killer no filler. That's right. And That's zero right. days, you know, it's just, what are your thoughts out the gate? Uh, I, Sad I, thing, you know. It sounds good. <laughs> I mean, there's hooks. It's, you know, it's been a while since I've listened to it. There's one song that really jumped out at me. I think it was Forced Into Tolerance is what I want to say. But I mean, you know, it seems like. For a while, you know, he kind of put Prong on the back burner, and I don't think it's that way anymore, and I'm really glad. Yeah. He's just putting out some quality stuff, really is. It just, you know, he can just, just great songs peel off the guy, you know, and that's pretty refreshing, so I'm glad it made the list, too. Yeah, like that time between all the 90s stuff and the last several years, there was that big gap where mm-hmm. where he was even in Danzig for a while, and he did yeah. other stuff, and so it's really cool that this is back to being the focus. And another thing I always like to talk about is how I think his voice has progressed like amazingly over the, you know, a lot of people like more diehards might not. You got to agree, his voice is great, but they might lean towards the other stuff because he had more of a hardcore style of singing. Yeah, and now he's more of just a singer. Yes. Over that same kind of metal. And it's... I like it even more. I mean, I'm not going to say I like it more than Rude Awakening or, you know... What's the one I'm forgetting? The one before that? Cleansing. You know, that obviously 
or the beg to differ. Yeah. But I just like the way he's singing now. And I think, you know, it's his voice has only gotten better with age. And like you said, the song Zero Days, Divide and Conquer, this thing's chock full of great stuff. Yes, it, it sure is. It'll be interesting to see if 2018 brings yet another prong album. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will. <laughs> well, cheap trick. We're all right. Excuse me. We're all all right. Yes. Came out this year, and that falls in at number 15 on our list. And they're the same way where they've released albums. They, they just released an album like less than a year before this one came yeah. out. Right at a year, and it was on our list last year. And so for a band like Prong to do it, it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. But then for a band like Cheap Trick to do it, for me, is even crazier. Yeah. Because this is like a band that a lot of bands in their position don't release anything new. Exactly. Let alone two new albums in the span of one year. Yeah. And didn't they do a fucking Christmas album, too? Yeah. I saw that just a couple of days ago on Spotify. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. But, and they've had, they had Christmas songs in the past, but yeah, they did a full-on album this year. So they've recorded three full albums in less than a year's time, probably. Yeah, it's pretty prolific what they're doing. And uh, get just like, you know, except, you know, to be at this stage and they're still putting out quality stuff. Yeah. You know, that's that's important, I think. Yeah, you can never say enough about Robin Zaner's vocals. Yeah. And how, you know, just it's another band that if people think Cheap Trick, they're just going to like, I said bands like this don't do this because they're just going to gravitate towards the hits, the old stuff, the classic rock. Yeah. You know, they've got several big hits, and that's what most people are going to want to hear. They're not going to care about something new. But if you just listen to this album or the last album, whatever, and hear some of these songs, they're as good as anything they did in the 70s or early 80s. Exactly. Long Time Coming, I think, was the first single on that. That's another one of songs that just stuck in your head for three days after you hear it. Radio Lover. Brand new name on an old tattoo is a better version of the theme that Molly Crew wrote with new tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, this, she's all right. I'm just glad that these guys are are not just resting on their previous greatness and continuing to make a new greatness. And, and, And when you, when you people out there go see this band live and they play a new song, don't go piss, don't go get a beer. Stay and watch the fucking song. Yeah. Because it's awesome. You'll appreciate it just as much as Surrender, I believe. Exactly. And another thing to point out is not, I mean, as busy as they are releasing albums, they're touring, and then what, Xander recorded the cover, Steel Panther covered She's Tight on their album. Oh, that's right. And he recorded vocals with Michael Starr. And then... Joe Perry just had a song come out for his new song. I guess he's got a solo album come out in 2018, and Xander sings that. I know, and it's a, that's a great fucking song, too. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to hearing more from that. I don't know if... I really don't know anything about that Joe Perry thing. Is, do you know? Is no. He, I wonder I if it's going to have... I know he's doing an album. I don't know if he's got, like, different singers on it or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that kind of makes me think <sighs> it might yeah. just be different singers on each song. That's just cool, but... Remember Walk On Down? I always liked that. He sang yeah. on that. That was a great yeah. song. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting into number 14, Power Trip. Yes. Nightmare Logic. Swing the axe, motherfucker. <laughs> so, this is a band that kind of, for me, came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, this was their first, no, they had another album. Yeah. 
a while back, but this is the first one where they kind of got some traction. Yeah. They were all over Sirius. You started hearing executioner's tax, swing of the axe. Yes. Started hearing that a lot. I'm thinking, man, this is badass. And then you'd see their name pop up all of a sudden, like they're opening for Anthrax yeah. and Lamb of God. And then they're opening for, I can't remember, they were just on several of those. And then they're all of a sudden, they were on all the festivals last year. They're on some of them this coming year. Yeah. Like in America, not just in Europe. And then decided so to check this thing out. And man, this from the get go, Soul Sacrifice, how it blends right into Executioner's Tax. Mm-hmm. This thing's just riffs fucking galore. Yeah. And it's. It, it sounds, it just sounds so big and it sounds caustic. It's like reminiscent of the early, just real raw thrash, you know? Like you kind of said, the skater thrash when you first Yes, me. yeah, exactly. That I mean, suicidal kind of. It's got that. Rawness. I, I fucking yeah. love it. And, and, and like me and you talked about the other day, they're from Dallas. How do we not fucking know about how, them before this year? Yeah, yeah. How do we fall asleep on this shit? You yeah. know? It's insane. I mean,. But, I mean, we're awake to it now, so. Yeah, Nightmare Logic. It's, it's only eight songs, but it's strong as hell. Yeah. And so I'm really looking forward to what these guys do in the next couple of years as far as more music and keep touring. They've, Like I said, they've been on a lot of big-name tours, so I think they're one of those bands that are going to keep, keep kind of getting those spots and moving on up in the world of the heavy stuff. I hope. I, they deserve it, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, number 13 is Inglorious. Okay. And the album is called Two. And this is one that, uh, I almost struggled on how high to put this. I wanted to put this at one one point, I wanted to put this like at number four on my list. That's how much I love it. Damn. But I just kept, you know, all the other stuff just kind of kept, I'm like, no. It's not that good, but it, I mean, it's not <laughs> better than this in my opinion, but it's close. But just from the get go, this came, this came out the same day as Warrant's album. So at first it got lost for me, but then like within that first week, I remembered it was out and put it on. And then, so then for like two weeks, I was just listening to Warrant's new album and this album over yeah. and over. <laughs> and this is one of those bands that they kind of doing that same thing that, Lynch Mob does, where it's real heavy, hard rock, almost metal, but it just lies into that blues-based stuff in the, you know, the same way with that they do with, you know, just phenomenal guitar work and an amazing vocals. Like, Nathan James' vocals are, like, if you said, what's your favorite vocal performance of any of these albums, that might be number one. Yeah, the guy can sing for sure. Yeah, and it's just, it's a band that a lot of people still haven't caught on with, I don't think, and I'm yeah. surprised, like, I don't know, I haven't listened to Eddie Trunk a lot this past year, but it seems like the type of band he would be pumping, and I don't know if, but you don't hear him a lot on Sirius, so I, you know, I hope that this is a band that people, have, you know, they're making a the kind of music that's never going to be mainstream, No, yeah. but, you know, they're from, I think, England, yes. and they're the type of band that could blow up in Europe. So, oh, yeah, totally. Have they even been over here yet? Not that I know of. Oh, yeah. I think they might have, I saw something maybe last year with them in L.A. or something, but I don't think they've done a tour. Yeah. Gotcha. But, yeah, I'd love to see that band. Remember, they, that first album is just as good as this one, and they've even done covers of, like, what they did, Fool for Your Loving. Man, that was so fucking good, man. Yeah. yeah you give that a – look that up on YouTube. That's worth a watch for sure. Yeah, this is a, a band that I just – I wish – 
like I kind of already just said that. I wish more people would just like pay attention to this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Because it's never going to be mainstream, so you have to look for it. So hopefully someone hearing this will give it a shot. And I mean, it's just one of those things you hit play on and never stop because each song's as good as the last. That's right. We we love those kind of records. Yeah. Hashtag all killer no filler. That's why we say that, right? <laughs> That's right. That, that is right. Well, number 12 is Tri-County Terror and Revenge. Yes, it is. Uh, another Dallas band. Oh, they're from Dallas too? Yes. Wow. They're from Dallas. Uh, so we need a show at Trees with, da- with Tri-County Terror and I know. Power I know, Trip. I, I know. I know. <laughs> I uh and that's what, and that's kind of how I kind of discovered uh, this band is, you know, I'd seen the name around and then I saw the name that was on that tour with Crowbar and Insight and whatever, you know, and then somebody in my friends list, I can't remember who, was somebody that I, that we follow because of the podcast that we don't really know. Todd Strange. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was somebody on my, you know, Facebook, I was looking through my feed and they're like, you know. Heading down to Dallas to see Tri County Terrors, you know, farewell to the tour show or whatever. And so I'm like, okay, that's it. I've seen this name enough times. What the fuck? So I look it up and they're from Dallas and they fucking rule and their album's called Revenge and it's real just raw, gritty, fucking, you know, uh, just if you like, uh, you know, if you like stuff like Motorhead and kind of more on the, you know, if you like all the kind of, it's not slow like Crowbar, but if you kind of like that just raw and super joint kind of, you know, just almost a punk thing, but with enough metal, I mean, Tri-County Terror is your thing. Uh, I mean, Beat on Sight, that, that Liquored Up, that's a great one. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's it's mean and it's rude. Well, something we need to point out yeah. before we get further along with this for someone has never heard of this band this is all females yes and i try see i try to stay I mean, you don't want neutral. to like have to point that out but i'm just like yeah. if some, they're not a band that a lot of people have heard of so i just wanted to mention it for yeah. people and, and and that's i just think that's refreshing you know to to you know they're they're doing it just as you know i see this is why i don't it's just a great fucking record and it's the kind of stuff i like it's just you know short songs you know, raw, no frills, uh, just mean, whiskey-drenched fucking, you know, punk kind of metal. I mean, it's just great. It's it's just kind of roadhouse metal type kind of stuff, you know. Roadhouse Not metal. Roadhouse the movie, but... I know what you mean. Which is, yeah, Lemmy, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, if you, yeah, if you, I mean, if you like, you know, if you like Motorhead, okay, and if you like drinking whiskey, and if you like fucking, and if you like fighting... You're going to love this record. And, so if uh, you're a normal human being, you yes, should love much. this record. <laughs> Even though I don't really like to fight. And, well, yeah. You know, the fucking doesn't happen very often, but maybe 2018 will change that. But anyways, <laughs> what I'm saying is uh, this was, you know, high up on my list. I, I've, I've listened to this record a million times this year. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad to talk about it for a little bit. Yeah. Well... Let's drop to number 11, which is Body Count Bloodlust. That's right. This one, for me, would probably be number one on my surprise at how great it was list. Yeah. You know, they've always had stuff I liked. 
the last album was really good a few a couple years ago. But this one just blew me away at how great it was. And I mean, I, if some of the stuff in our top five or six didn't come out this year, like this is good enough for me to be in a top three. Yeah. And it's just, it's another all killer, no filler. And there's just so much great stuff here that just kind of spans the the range of everything that Body Count yeah. has ever done. I think I mentioned this when it came out. It's kind of one of those all-encompassing albums. You know, you don't think of a lot of different styles when you think of Body Count. It's Ice-T rapping over R.E.C.'s riffs, you know? Yeah. But well, and, but and still, there's there's different caveats of what they've done throughout yeah. the years, you know? And I'm just glad they're back and they're a little bit more active these days. Yeah, because when they came back, I thought, okay, he's going to do this this summer. And then they yeah. release this album, and then might get it again in six years if we're lucky. But no, like this has become like the second thing he does besides SVU, probably the mo- you know. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and I mean, uh, you know, it pisses people off, which I fucking love, right? You know, I mean, I I, I really like the song "No Lives Matter," you know, because yeah. they fucking don't. Yeah. So I mean. It's just fucking awesome. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Well, with a song like No Lives, Lives Matter, even if you didn't agree with Ice-T's politics, mm-hmm. that's that song, he doesn't, he looks at everything from a complete, you know, perspective. Yeah. Whether you, like, agree with everything he's saying, he's like, he's not just one-sided in his views, you know. Yeah. And, but then he gets in a real... Like hardcore subjects, like the ski mask way, talking about the old school, mm-hmm. the way he supposedly used to be, you know. And then you've got um, stuff like Black Hoodie, you know, where it's a real political yeah, song. That's a good one. And then, of course, they've got this cover of Rain and Blood post mortem, which is fucking badass. Yeah, which is even better than I imagined because yeah. you think about that in your head, and then it's like, but the way Ice T raps, it falls into that yeah. way where that works very <laughs> exactly. well, and like. Jamie Jost always says, Tom Araya is my favorite rapper, rapper. (laughs) so that's why that works so well. And my favorite song on the album was co-written by a previous guest of this podcast, Doc Coyle. Oh, that's right. God, how did I forget that? This is Why We Ride. Such a great song. I mean, it's just so epic and huge. And, I mean, you could tell that Doc Coyle's, like, writing really shines through on that. Because, like, you know, God forbid and the stuff he's doing now... um, with Bad Wolves, you know, it's just like real well-crafted songs, and this is no different. And Civil War, how cool the kickoff is that? song yeah. with Dave Mustaine. Oh, God, that's right. Jesus, I need to go back and listen to this. <laughs> See, I listened to it when it came out. I need to listen to this again. Do it as soon as we hit stop. I, I just might. <laughs> I just might. Okay, getting into the top ten. If If Jason had his way, this is where this podcast would have started. Yeah, that's right, damn it. <laughs> Tri-County Terror wouldn't even been on the list. Uh, well. See, now this is where. Okay, maybe. Okay, now. You see why I do these things? All right. You're looking out for me. I did, yeah. (laughs) Well, number kicking off the top ten is Danko Jones and the album Wildcat. Yeah. Danko Jones is one of those bands that when I know they have an album coming out, I know it's going to be in my top ten before hearing it. Yeah, and I know that you're the same way. Just an unbelievable. I'm going to say this like I did about some previous bands, and probably some here coming up that way too underrated. He's had some, you know, success with Sirius and gotten on tours with Volbeat in the past and stuff, where you know they've gotten exposure. But 
Danko Jones should be on that high level of bands where, like, you go to a festival and they're, like, the second band down. You know? I agree. He's just full of attitude. He's just one of the best front men. He's just got that phenomenal voice. His songwriting is unbelievable. Tongue-in-cheek lyrics, you know, like a la Butch Walker or something. Yeah. Just, like, a it, talent it, that's unmatched by any, you know, a lot of people these days. And, and, and the songs are catchy and fun. And, you know, they're rude and they kick your ass. I mean, the, Danko Jones, you know, he's bigger over in Europe, other parts of the world. And when it comes to the U.S., it it, it makes me just kind of want to get rude with people. <laughs> it makes me want to say, what the fuck is wrong with you people? You know, put down your fucking... Five Finger Death Cunt fucking records and you're breaking Benjamin and fucking put on some Danko Jones. What the fuck is wrong with you people? You know, and that's really rude and that's mean and I'm sorry. But, it's but the that's truth. just, it yeah. It makes me, it, you know, as much as I love listening to this band, it makes me angry that they're just not, I mean, <clears throat> you want rock and roll? Well, fuck, here it is. Yeah. You know, pay this guy some attention because he deserves it. It's pure attitude rock and roll. It's like ACDC for a new millennium. Even though he doesn't really sound like ACDC, but it's like, you know what you're going to get, and it's always fucking good. Yeah, it's no bullshit. Yeah, and Wildcat is no different. Like, the first four or five songs to me, I think the first five songs, really strong. The rest of it's good, too, but, like, My Little R&R is one of my favorite songs of the year. Yeah, that's, yeah. Going out tonight, you know, classic Danko Jones. And then you get into the fourth song, which we both talked about when this came out. You are my woman. It's like, holy shit. Yeah, this is almost, you know, I remember when I listened to this, I'm like, man, this sounds like Thin Lizzy. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. And it's like almost like to a point that it's weird. And then I read like a few days after the album came out, I read his synopsis of all the songs and he said, this was my tribute to Thin Lizzy. Yeah, it's like, and I'm like, okay, well now it makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. totally. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, if you're a Thin Lizzy fan and someone does tribute to him, you're going to have to do a good job to hold up to the standard of what Thin Lizzy did in the 70s, mm-hmm. you know, and he does an amazing job yeah. of paying tribute to that band. But yeah, doing this every night, Wildcats, she likes it. Such a great album. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't, uh, again, you can't go wrong and come on, give this guy some love. He's got a ton of records. You don't even know what you're missing. Yeah, you'll thank us. You'll thank us. You really will. Yeah, like you hit play and just go through these albums. Yeah, it just doesn't get old. And yeah, I mean, I'm talking Nickelback, Foo Fighters, Avenged Sevenfold. I don't care who the fuck you are. This band should be opening for you in arenas. You know? Yeah, and a lot of those bands really fucking love Danko Jones. Yeah, you know, you know, Dave Grohl does. Oh yeah. Well, moving on up the top ten, number nine is Black Country Communion. And their album, BCC4. We got it. It happened. It's 2017. It's another year and it another time. Them, what, 10 years? Has it been that long? No, no, it hasn't. It's, oh, God, when was their last? It doesn't, it's been a while. We can just say that, you know. I might have think it was like 2010. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Let me, let me look right here. Afterglow was 2012. Okay, okay. So five years. Yeah. I'm sorry. But look, we're here in 2017. It's a new year. And yet, Glenn Hughes is on our list once again. That's right, as like, he should be. Like every year, like 
last year was with the so um mm-hmm. 2015 was with California Breed. Yeah. Yep. 2014 was with uh what do you have before California Breed? Didn't you have another band? Oh, I don't know. Like, I'm forgetting. What I know there's like three years in a row already. But the point <laughs> is Glenn Hughes is gonna find his way on it. We like next year if he doesn't have an album out, I'm gonna put Joe Satriani's album on this list just, just so, so so Glenn Hughes is on the list. I again. can already tell you I'm gonna do it. Well, you know it will be anyway because Joe Satriani is one of your your guys. But and it's just Chad every, Smith, Glenn Hughes, and Joe Satriani. I mean, how badass is yeah, that? You can't. You usually, can't go wrong yeah, with that. usually he's got a ton of different musicians. Anyways, we're getting yeah. off subject. <laughs> Sorry. The Black Country Communion is back. If you don't know about him. I'm sorry for you, but besides Glenn Hughes, we've also got Joe Bonamassa. Yes, we've got uh, Jason Bonham. Yep, on the drums, and who am I forgetting? Derek, Derek Sherinian. Derek Sherinian. Yeah, from Sons of Apollo, and of course, the Dream best Theater band back ever in the day. In the world. Yeah, and of course, he <laughs> used to be in Dream Theater. But so, Black Country Communion is filled with top amazing talent. Yes, and same way. All this is their fourth. Well, yeah, fourth album because it's called Four. Hashtag All Killer No Filler. This is a band that just oozes with talent and oozes with songwriting because we already know Glenn Hughes is going to bring the songs. Oh, definitely. Joe Bonamassa has done the same thing. He is a phenomenal talent that you can't really say is underrated because even though he's not a mainstream guy to a lot of people. He still fills up theaters, yes. and everybody knows how insanely talented he is. But when you put him and Glenn Hughes together, it's just something different that is even better than Bonamassa solo, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so too. Bonamassa, he's pretty big in the blues world, right? You know, but I mean, uh, and, and and as much as I love Glenn Hughes, uh, I think my favorite song on this record is the last song from My Resting Place, which Joe sings on. Yeah, and and it's just that song is so strong and it's so good and it's so epic and, and it just it it I ran away with it. It was just great. But I mean, it's all great. It's all good. Yeah, I totally I totally agree. I was surprised the first time I listened yeah. to it that my favorite song yeah. wasn't sung by the voice of God, Glenn Hughes. Yeah, know? I I was out there on that patio when I first heard it, and I was like, "Damn, wow, okay, all right, yeah, okay." But I mean, you're talking Collide, Over My Head, The Cove, The Crow, these all songs sung by Glenn Hughes and are fucking phenomenal. And yeah. I just wish, I've said this every time we've talked about him on his podcast, I wish they'd do some shows in America. You know, I know they're never going to do a tour, but, you know, do five or six shows so we can get something within, <laughs> I know. within eight hours of here, go to Chicago <laughs> or Houston or Denver or something, just, you know, because my... Life goal is obviously to see Glenn Hughes in any capacity. That's number one on my bucket list. But to see this band would be even more special. Oh, I and see that's the thing is like there's not many bands we're going to drive eight hours to see because you usually don't have to. A lot of bands are playing close by. Yeah, but this is one where if they were doing Chicago or Nashville or something, like well, fuck, probably want to do it because probably never going to happen again. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Because that last album, I think it was the last album, they played a few shows in America, and one of them was St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. And we, we you know, so we dropped the ball. shit. Yeah. That'll be one I kick myself forever. Oh, if, yeah. If they don't do something like that again. 
But getting into about the the halfway point here on the list is Rancid Troublemaker. Yes. This, to me, this is another band. This is probably the, what, the least heaviest band on our list. Yeah. But we let them slide in there because you could call it hard rock, punk music. You know, they're more of the, they're not the heavy side of punk, but they're fucking rancid and we love them. And we both know that when an album comes out, we're going to dig it. Mm Mm-hmm. But to me, Troublemaker is my favorite Rancid album since Outcome the Wolves. Really? That's how much I like it. Wow. I know you don't agree with that, but... Well, I I will say I like this one better than the last one they put out a couple years ago. I still think Domino's Fall, I like that better than this one. But this is a fucking superb fucking album. I think uh, Bova Rock and Roll is worth it. I mean, worth the worth the money just right there, um, but but I think it, 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 it the really the first three songs it starts out great with track fast, ghost of a chance, and telegraph avenue. Um, that's those three songs and and together just it comes out of the gate swinging and uh, you know those are three of my favorites on the record with along with over rock and roll, uh, farewell little blues great too. Yeah, I was about to mention farewell little blues. Yeah, yeah. And, and oh, go ahead. But no, I was going to say if yeah, if I was making a top ten songs of the year, Bova Rock and Roll would probably be on that list. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, if you're if you're more metal or rock, and you don't really get into punk, I understand that. But you know, check that song out; you'll love it. It's it's got like that seventies rock. It's like seventies. You know, if you like old Kiss, like really old Kiss, the first couple albums. Yeah, you'll love this. And side note, if you search this album. On YouTube, Rancid, uh, Troublemaker. Oh, that's uh, right. The whole thing, they they do the whole album, they're just playing in a garage. And it's like a pro shot, whatever. And it's just them playing in a garage and they go through the whole album. It's And and you know what, they've got, what, 16 songs or whatever? And it's like 35 minutes long or... 20 songs, 19. That's a deluxe version. I don't think they go. But anyways... They've got all these songs, and it's like 35 minutes long, but it's one of the coolest things to watch. Because, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a really cool bonus thing to watch. So definitely check this album out. Say Goodbye to Our Heroes is another song Mm -hmm. that really jumped out at me, too. Oh, yeah, that is a good one. But, yeah, moving right along, number seven. Totally switching gears, but that's what we do here. This is what... We've always prided ourselves right. on in the two and a half years of this podcast. This is, is this is the kind of shit that got made that got us yeah. people make fun of us for in school. But we didn't right. give a shit. We have a right, wide range of stuff we love, <laughs> and this is right there at the top, which is Warrant. Their new album, Louder, Harder, Faster, came mm-hmm. out back in May, and as corny as this sounds, that's a great title for what they did because, that's right. to me, I know. You absolutely love Rockaholic, and I love it yes. too, but I like this better than Rockaholic, and to me, this is the best warrant since Dog Eat Dog I, I, on, a, on a grand, on a whole. Yes, I have to agree, and I, I understand what you're saying, and I, I agree too, is is when I first heard this, I was like, ah, I still like Rockaholic better, but when you really get into this and listen to it and, and pay attention to it, it's better. I mean, you know, the songs are a little bit, you know, it's... You know, it's just more solid as an entire yeah. thing. Like Rockaholic had a few songs I could skip if I wanted to. It, it well for me, it Not was even. like one of the '80s glam bands made a new record, 
You know, no, this is this is something bigger, something more important, uh, something that you know they took a little bit more time on. It sounds more mature and in the songwriting and in the recording, and, and, and it, this is just like classic, classic rock. And uh, I, I, I don't know if Jeff Pilson had a hand in that or what, you know, because he produced the record. But I mean, uh, it, it's just. Uh, you this, want to know what my thoughts are on that? Is this ends up coming across a, a little bit more epic than Rockaholic, even though fuck, I love that record. Well, we all know with Warren, obviously, the heyday of Warren. Janie Lane's the chief songwriter, mm-hmm. so you had the couple albums after you know he was gone, the one of Jamie St. James, and then Rockaholic, mm-hmm. the first one with Robert Mason, where he wasn't involved with writing. They're good, but. I don't think they're as good as this one, and I think that this is, this might be the first. I can't guarantee you it might be the first one that Robert Mason had a hand in everything. Yeah, and the last one I know he had a hand in some of it. Okay, and see, I didn't know for sure. I was going to ask you that. And see that, but I I might be wrong about Rockaholic on that front, but I know on this one he had a hand in it, and that really, this dude's a great songwriter. We've oh, known yeah. that from those albums he did with Big Cock and the stuff he worked on with George Lynch that. He's amazing at crafting a song, and there's even a couple songs on here, like New Rebellion especially, that sounds like this was a big cock song. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, that was a band that Robert Mason had when he joined Warren. He had a band called Big Cock, which yes. is one of the best band names ever. Oh, uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and but they, they were so good, they could back it up. Yeah. Um, it was just pure yeah. attitude-driven hard yeah, rock. Yeah, at Rocklahoma was great. Yeah, just balls-to-the-wall hard rock. Mm. hard rock and roll and that's what new rebellion is and even the first song lighter harder faster those two songs to me jump out as something that if he was writing a new uh big cock album instead of warrant those two songs would have been on that album yeah oh yeah i mean and again it's like in no way am i am i trying to minimalize the genre at all because it's one of my favorites it's what got me into music to begin with and i still think it's important today even if some don't but just the, the only way I can describe it in my limited vocabulary, I guess, is just it's so much more just like epic and like mature, you know. I, I hope that that comes across okay. You know, I don't mean it insulting at all. It's just it's such a great fucking album. Yeah. And an, another thing I liked about this album was that the the songs span the gamut of everything that you knew have known from Warrant. Yeah. You've got... Like those two songs I just mentioned, the uh, the ballsy attitude hard rockers. Yeah, <laughs> and then you then you've got the then you've got perfect, the third song, which is your mid tempo, uh, fast paced rock ballad, and that's to me one of the best songs of the year. Yeah, and then you've got stuff like Music Man, where it's more bluesy rock, and then you've got, you know, what a Only Broken Heart and faded you know which are is more it, your standard kind of thing is there any groove laden rockers on there yeah i think oh i think pro- <laughs> that might be what perfect is yeah a groove laden yeah. rocker devil dancer you know the same kind of thing where it's that kind of middle of the road hard rock that you know it kind of has a swagger and a, something to it you know but they they really encompass everything that yeah the, the gamut of what warrant is and has been you know and and what what i like now is you know it's it's starting to get to the point where when you hear Robert Mason, you know, it used to be like, oh, well, that's Robert Mason. But now it's like, that's Warrant, you know? Right. I mean, it's becoming its own thing again. 
you know, and a lot of bands can't do that twice. So it was really cool that they can do it. Yeah. And I've said it before, every time we talk about Warren, it's like if you're one of those people that won't give this band a chance because you don't like the fact that, well, obviously Janie Lane's passed away, but you don't like the fact that they're playing without him, you've got to give it a chance yeah. just because he's not one of those guys up there that's mimicking Jamie Lane's voice. He does extreme justice to all the Warrant hits, but he brings his own style to it as well. Exactly. And and the band still sounds great. You've got all original members there except Jenny Lane. Yeah, and if and if you're in that ilk, you know, we get it, you know. Uh, you know, none of us like to see, you know, band members pass away or change, but you know, it just still though, tries as hard as you can to give this a, a chance. Yeah. Warrant. You know, I'm glad they're. I'm glad they play as many shows as they do a year. That's right. And we've got to see them several times I in know, the past years. Awesome. Yeah. So number six is Darkness Remains from Night Demon. Yes. And this I'm, is another I'm, band. I'm excited that, to talk about this. Yeah, that we're we really latched on to. Yeah. This year, and I want to give a shout out to your cousin Justin. Yes, definitely. He runs Egotastic Fun Time, and now he's got the show Talking to Orville. Who, before we even listened to him, he's like, you got to check out my friend's band, Night Demon. Yes. You know, because he grew up with, with Jarvis, the singer. And I was like, all right. But you know how people tell you to check out a band. You're like, all right. And then you never get around to doing it. And finally, he's like, dude, these guys are coming, you know, to the Sound Pony. Fucking listen to him. Yeah. And we listened to him and it was just like, holy shit. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> who? Who? In, it, it was just great because like. He, I th- he, I think he grew up with both Armand and Jarvis. Oh, that's right. I think. Um, well, it was Armand that he grew up with, and Jarvis. Yeah, my other cousin well. Josh yeah. grew up with Jarvis, and and it's like, who, who'd have thought that these friends of my cousin, you, you know, because usually, you know, hey, I got, you know, I got some friends are in a band. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but this is like, holy fuck, where have we been? Because this is just like, this is right up our fucking alley. Yeah, Curse of the Dam came out. In 2015, mm-hmm. and then I think in 2016 they were on that tour with Crowbar, right? Okay, was that right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I like, think so. Yeah, like towards the end of the year, and that's yeah. when he had told me that. Yes. that. Hey, you know this band I I know is opening up for Crowbar and someone else, like wasn't Overkill, someone else, kind of at that yeah. level. But anyway, then we finally started listening to it. Maybe at the end of that year, when he heard Curse of the Damned, and I was like, holy crap! Yes, and then. Darkness Remains came out right after, a couple months after that, and it was right after we actually saw him live and had him on the podcast. Yes, and and then we saw him again, opened up for Anvil. Yeah, I think maybe that was after that album was out. But regardless, this album came out. They talked about it on a podcast. They actually said there would be a surprise on there, and that was, I believe, We Will Rock You. Their cover. Of That's that, right. Yeah, which is the first thing to jump out. You kind of. Uh, <laughs> Uh, new wave of British heavy metal version of We Were Rocky. Yeah. And this whole album is, that's the best way to describe someone that doesn't know oh, yeah. Yeah. would be, they fall kind of into that new wave of British heavy metal category. Th- these guys are a mix of modern metal. Yeah. These guys are steeped in the new wave of British heavy metal. Um, they were telling us about bands that we'd never heard of from yeah. way back that we ended up checking out. Um, and, uh, it, these guys are, you know, they're signed to Century Media. They're tearing it up in Europe. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Welcome to the Night, uh, Black Widow. The first Widow. three songs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just. Made in Hell. 
it, it, it's flight it, of the manticore. <laughs> it's, it. it's perfect. It's right up our alley type kind of stuff. I mean, you, I, I can't get enough of this record. I've listened to it over and over. I think Turn Up the Night was one they were playing live before the album came yeah. out as well. Yeah. Along with Welcome to the Night. Yep. Definitely. They love the word night. Yes, and that and that's okay. Because Screams you in know, the Night, you know, from the first album, and of course, Night Demon. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, I like, you know, and also, you know, they've got their distinct logo. They've got a mascot, kind of like all that kind of stuff, you know, and, and it's just, it's, this is just a, what I like is it's it's got that spirit of the older bands, but it's new sound and it's fresh and it's something we can latch onto that's ours, you know. Yeah. It's just fucking cool, man. And the thing is, these are these are three guys that are not only great at what they do, they fucking love music. Yes. You know, and we know that because, like I said, go back and listen to that episode that they're on. And we had even talked to him again at the Anvil show. And we talked to Dusty for quite a while. Yes. Who's the newest member of the band, the drummer. And this dude, he's covered in tattoos of like my favorite bands. Yeah, <laughs> growing up, you know, Warrant, he's got Axe, Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. He's even got Poison. Yeah, <laughs> Saxon, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, I it's, mean, it's just it, yeah, it's like kindred spirits in a way. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, go back check that out. Fun episode. Looking forward to hopefully seeing these guys again in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right, we're getting into the top five. All right, kind of the, the meat of it all here. Yeah. So, before we mention these top five, just at a glance, this top five includes three bands that we've liked since we were young. Yes. Or, well, yeah, one of them. Yeah, all three. I say that about Iced Earth as well. Yeah. Since at least the 90s, you know. Younger. Yeah, younger. 20 years <laughs> at least, you know. And then we've got two bands that have came on the radar in the past few years and yeah. stolen my heart, so to speak. <laughs> I like when you talk in that voice. I just got to say. <laughs> well, kicking off the top five is Iced Earth and Incorruptible. Yeah. One of the greatest heavy metal bands in the world who also falls into that category of what the fuck is wrong with you people? Yeah, exactly. I know there's a lot of people that listen to him and like him, but there's... If you find a hundred metalheads on the street, probably fifty of them haven't. You wouldn't even know who the fuck this is if I told them about Ice Earth. Exactly. And this is a band that has a catalog going clear back to the early nineties, mm-hmm. and it's phenomenal from the get go. Yeah. Hashtag I'll kill or no filler. Oh man, yeah. All three. Sorry to no, keep talking about all ahead. three eras of this band. All three vocalists. That's right. You know, everybody used to always say, "Oh, Matt Barlow is the best." I can't even say all three of these guys to me are like. Equal. That's right. Like, John Schaefer knows what he's doing, and Stu Block is as good as Ripper and Matt Barlow, and to me, he is a combination of the two of their styles put together. Oh, yeah. John Schaefer's a genius. Yeah. And his right hand's a genius, too. <laughs> right. I mean, he, you know, that's a, that's a riffing hand that can, it, it, it's up there with Scott Ian and James Hetfield. Yeah. I mean, and, and these songs, I mean, fuck, man. It, it just, there's nothing... There's nothing ever bad comes from this guy, ever. Yeah. And just, yeah, the songwriting. And I mean, I heard him, he did that interview with Eddie Trunk a couple weeks ago. And he talked about how, you know, because Eddie Trunk asked him about the writing and if it was all him, you know. Mm -hmm. And he talked about how he's always, even with Matt and Tim Ripper, he would let them, he would give him a song and say, if you want to write lyrics, do it. Yeah. 
you know, or not, he would just write a song about, you know, an old war or something yeah, <laughs> if they yeah. didn't write a song. And, you know, he said Stu's been the same way. And um, so it's, I think they're, because I used to always think it was when it was him, you know. Yeah. yeah. He did everything. So it's kind of cool to hear, you know, more people have input, but he, this this album has a lot of that cool, it's not a concept like some of the other ones are, but it kicks off with the Great Heathen Army. Yeah. And that song is like one of the highlights with that you know, Viking style, you know, <laughs> rum drinking type thing, you know. And then it just gets into everything like Black Flag and Raven Wing or the like the two they released before the album came out. Seven Heaven Seven Headed Whore. Yeah. I almost fucked the title up. Seven Heaven. Seven Headed Whore is fucking awesome. Yeah. That's like classic Ice Earth. Yeah it is. And then you get in like at the end, you know, the Clear the Way. That's another epic huge you know, grand thing from John Schaefer. Yeah. And this album is just a solid album from start to finish. And, you know, we saw him, what, I think about two years ago with with this lineup. And, you know, Stu does huge justice to the old stuff. Yeah. And this, you know, this band to me is so good that if I went to a, you know, a show and they said we're playing nothing but the last two albums, I wouldn't give a shit. Oh, I wouldn't care if I didn't get to hear any of the old stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't break my heart. Yeah. That's how good this stuff is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, I mean, they can do no wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I need to, I need to go find that interview with Eddie Trunk. I miss that totally. <laughs> yeah, it's actually the first time I listened to Eddie Trunk in months just because I saw John Schaefer was going to be on there. <laughs> Well, number four is the Night Flight Orchestra. Yeah, and any any time these guys release an album, they're on our list. Yeah, this is their third album, and the first two I think were number one. Yeah, both. I think they were number one both years they came out. Yeah, because we had these lists. You know, we put them on Instagram and Facebook before we did this podcast, and uh, if, if it wasn't one, that second one might have been number two. But regardless, this is the lowest they've ever fell on our list, and that's just because there's so <laughs> much good stuff out. Yeah. Not that this album lacked in any way. No. But I think it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't lack in any way. But the first two albums are like so fucking strong that this one is slightly below those in my opinion. Okay. But it's still so good that, you know, it's here on number four on our list. So I'm not saying it's not strong at all. It's amazing. And Midnight Flyer was the kickoff song in this album, and to me, that might be their best song they ever did. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... It, it, the hook is just insane. Yeah, and it's just pure what you've come to know from this band, and can't stress enough about this band that people don't... This is another band a lot of people don't know, and you need to get on board with. Like, if you like real heavy stuff, it's not going to be what you're wanting to hear, because yeah. it's like hugely... It's a band of... Five guys that come from heavier, way heavier bands. You've got guys from Soil Work and Arch Enemy that are doing something that they think is fun. Yeah. And they're paying homage to basically arena rock, 70s classic rock, and they've even moved more on this one into more kind of even the 80s arena stuff. Yeah, I mean, you if know, you kind of like that kind of 80s album rock type kind of... Yeah. I mean, this is... You're going to love this stuff. It's got... The keyboards and the organs, but also the guitar solos, and it's just, yeah. Because before, it was always like, oh, this is reminiscent of, you know, like Kiss or Sammy Hagar or Boston or something. And and now it's like, you can say some songs 
This is reminiscent of like ELO. This they kind of went in that direction. I, I get that. Yeah, just definitely. on a few songs, yeah. they still got the heavier stuff like Midnight Flyer. Yeah, but just this whole thing, man. Jenny is a great one. Oh man, more what, of your mid-tempo what, rocker, like you yeah, said. What a, rocker. what a hook! I love Josephine. I love Saturn and Velvet. But yeah, Jenny's fucking great. Yeah, Saturn and Velvet is another classic, mm-hmm. epic, huge, long oh, yeah. song from them. Kind of like. Uh, West Ruth Avenue. You know, Fucking it was that, that, that huge, long epicness. Yeah. But yeah, even there's stuff on here that remind me of Fleetwood Mac. You know, I can't say enough good things about Night Flight Orchestra. And it's another band I dream maybe one oh, day man. we'll see live, but I, I doubt I would, that ever happens. Yeah, I would freak out if I got to see this band live. I, I don't know what I'd do with myself. Yeah. <laughs> and Bjorn from Soul Work. It's just amazing that this is in this guy because we've known him for 15. I mean, I've been listening to Soul Work since early 2000s, yeah. so we've known what this guy's capable of. But then this has even expanded that tenfold. I know, it's great. And every album, it seems like his voice is a little bit broader than it was before. I know, he, he can do no wrong, and, and it's his voice is so vast. Yeah. Well, getting in the top three. We've got a band that we've grown up with. Oh, man. And that's Living Color. Yeah. Their new album's called Shade. Since, what, 1988? Yeah. That's when Vivid hit, right? Yeah. I mean, and and they've always kind of been on our radar. A lot of people kind of, a lot of people just kind of go right to cult of personality. And that was a big hit, and I get that, you know, but these guys have always been prolific. Um, and this new album is no different. Yeah. It... I think yeah, the first song they released was "Come On," and I'm like, man, I I dig yeah. this. It had it had some weird guitar sounds, but I mean, that kind of digital kind of thing. But yeah. this is Vernon Reed, and you know, he's always been a innovative kind of guy. He's That's never right. stuck to what you expect to hear, so you got to appreciate that. But the song "Come On," first time I heard it, it's one of those songs that you're singing along with before the song even ends. The first time you hear it, oh yeah, totally, and. I'm like, if this is any indication of the album, this is going to be great. And it was. Yeah. Because the whole album, like the song Program might be my favorite. Yeah. You know, and this 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 album has some, a lot of politically themed lyrics, but that's living color. You know, yeah, that's what they're known you're for. You're going to get that, you know. And even if you're one of those people that don't like politics in your music or whatever, it doesn't matter because you can listen to this and it's not like in your face to mm-hmm. where you have to like really get into what he's saying. It's just such great music. And Corey Glover is one of the most underrated vocalists of our generation. Oh, you man. Know? That, that, you know, I hate to use a line from American Idol, but that guy could sing the phone book. <laughs> he could sit, you know, he could sing you a, 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 the manual of a toaster and it would be amazing. Right. I mean, that guy, he, he does, he, and still, it still, you know, after so many years, he can still go places with his voice that's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you know, but getting back to this album, I mean, Freedom of Expression, Glass Teeth is badass. Yeah, Glass you know, Teeth. I, I love Pattern in Time. Um, it, you know, I'm really, you know, I like Chair in the Doorway. That was a great album. But this one just, I mean, I, like, I even like Who Shot You, you know? I mean, yeah. th- this one just, it struck a chord with me this time. And, uh, you know, I just love everything surrounding it. You know, Vernon Reed's been on like two or three different podcasts and and you know he he's just so he's just so fun to listen to just talk and the way he talks about his music 
and he's such a, you know, he's a classic player, but he's also completely out of the box at the same time. Uh, I just, and, and I'm so glad that, that people are still responding to this band. I'm just so glad they're around, you know, and, uh, you know, they just, since I've been 12 years old, you know, they've always been in my, in my Walkman or my Discman or in my phone. Right. You know, Even that album Stain. That was he, great. That was a great fuck. <laughs> Leave It Alone. What a great fucking song. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, this just, uh, <clears throat> you know, these guys, and they're fucking amazing live. We've got to see them a couple times over the years, and it's just absolutely nuts what they can do live. It's great. Yeah, as recent as 2015, and like, it's not, we just mentioned <clears throat> Vernon Reed and Corey Glover, but Will Calhoun. I mean, these guys. Doug Wimbish, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're amazing. It's just another one of those bands where like, all four guys are at the top of their their game and as good as almost anyone at their prospective That's instrument, right. you know. So it's just, you know, we saw them as recent as 2015, and it, I just twice in my life isn't enough, you know. I hope now I want to see them again. Yeah, and I've never. It's both times have been at festivals, and I hope that one day to be able to see a full on headline show from these guys. Yeah, that'd be great. And I'm really glad, you know, I didn't think it would because I knew before this came out this would be on my list probably because we knew it'd be good. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it'd be as high as it fell on my list. Yeah, but I'm really glad that. This is number three on our list because oh, it's like, you know, it's uh, yeah. That just makes me happy that this band released an album that's this great and makes me this happy. You know, it, exactly. <laughs> and you know, for some reason, Living Color, those guys are a completely different background, a different age, you know, a, a different, you know, view everything from me. But at the same time, when I listen to their records, I feel like they're speaking for me or speaking to me and. And I can identify with it, even though it's, you know, completely different, you know. But I, I think that's the power of music. And I think that's, you know, I think that's what, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely, this is another one I urge you to listen to if you haven't yet. Even just a few of those songs will, I think, should grab you if you like hard rock music, you know. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Number two. Number two, we're we're getting we're getting down to it here. Yeah, this is this is getting to the the nitty gritty. And Sons of Texas, Forged by Fortitude. This is their their second album. Yes. Their first album was number one on our top fifteen or yeah, top fifteen of twenty fifteen. Yes. <laughs> and this is your fucking fifteen to fifteen, sixteen to sixteen shit. <laughs> Damn it, Trent. Well, here we are again. <laughs> So their first two albums have made the top two both times. Yeah. So that says a lot to me how much both of us like these guys. I, I, I and can't. And especially for a new band where their first two albums are at the top of our list both times. Yeah. I mean, it's like we talked when we talked about this record when it came out. I, I can't geek out enough. It's literally like these these five guys, you know, got together and said, oh, let's make an album for Jason. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Everything about metal and hard rock that I love. Everything. And you made a great point the last time we talked about them is that they're one of those bands that merge that line between hard yes. rock and heavy metal where you could call them either one. Yeah, it's like you could go, like I always like to say, you could go liquid metal or you could go octane. Yeah. Even though some out there might not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but Forged by Fortitude... The song itself, the title track, oh yeah, 
is one of my favorite songs on this album. Yeah. I'm glad when we saw them recently opening for Alter Bridge, they played that even in they even though they had a short set. Yes. That song's just balls to the wall and a great um indication for someone of what this band is about, if you oh, haven't definitely. heard them. And then on the flip side, we've both talked numerous times about Beneath the Riverbed and how great this is, and that's the other end of the spectrum where this is more of like a a ballad type yeah, song. It's your hard rock hook, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and it's just huge, epic, drenched in blues kind of for you know, for these guys and so well written and just like lyrically and the chorus, you know, is one of those ones that just gets stuck in your head and I want to just listen to over and over. And the song's over four minutes long and I just like don't want it to end when it ends. I, I want know. to like just hit replay. Yeah, it, it's it's their shining moment, you know. It really is. And then you've got Turning the Page, which is another amazing yeah. slower song. And that one has more of a, I don't know what the right word is. It's got more of almost an old, like a 90s feel to it, like than some of their stuff. I, yeah, does. I get that. Well, Feed the Need, that's that's a great one. Yeah. And then getting further into the album, they're one of those bands that even when you get deep into the album, like I said, Forged by Fortitude, that's close to the end, but yeah. the songs surrounding it, Jaded Eyes, Wasp Woman, and Slam With The Lights On are all just epic songs oh, that you just sing along with. You know? Slam With The Lights On, just like Texas Trim, we got to have a song about boning. Yeah. That's, I mean, come on. That's their new calling card, the final song on the album. Yeah. It's about both. If they come out with a third one, well, not if. We know they, they will because they're fucking badass. But if the last song's not about fucking, I'm going to have a problem. <laughs> okay? Because I've come to expect that now, damn it. Yeah, it'll happen. And I think it's Cast in Stone, which is the one that kicks off with that acoustic and the harmonies that sounds like Alice in Chains. Uh, okay. And yeah. then once it kicks in, it doesn't anymore. But just that opening, I'm like, man, that's cool. It's almost like an homage type thing. Yes. But I just, like I said, I love that a band is brand new, only has two albums, and both times they've been number one and number two on our lists. Definitely. So to me, that says a lot about what these guys are, and that, you know, for the rest of their careers, we're going to be fans. There's no doubt. Oh, yeah. I mean, I want, my, I mean, I want her in an apartment with all of them. <laughs> I mean, that's how much you love them? I'm telling you. But all, all joking aside, well, I'm not joking, but anyways, just no, for real. Um, you know, we've had these guys on the podcast twice. Go check it out. I mean, it's great stuff. Yeah. John and Jess have both been on here. Well, moving in to the final spot on our list. <laughs> Number one, uh, maybe put in a drum roll here. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. But this is, this is, yeah, this <laughs> is the number one of the whole year, and we feel it's super fucking deserving. That's right. A place where there's no more pain from life of agony. Yes. And they 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 returned this year with one fucking hell of an album. This is a band that we both knew their album would be likely be on our list. Yes. And we both knew it would probably be high. So once it came out and I really kept listening to it, I'm like, man, it's going to be hard pressed for anyone to beat this as the year goes on. Because this mm-hmm. came out like back in, I think, what, April? Yeah. And... Nothing did. I kept thinking, well, if COC ends up releasing that album, that, <laughs> that might be a contender Yeah, for me with this, how much as I love COC, but they didn't release it, so there's no one to contend here. Yeah. Sons of Texas, for me, was the only thing that I might could have 
bumped into I, one. I agonized over yeah. the, these two quite a bit. Really? Quite just, a bit. And even when I was making my final list, I thought, well, just to be sure, I'm going to listen to these two albums again back to back. And I yeah. decided Life of Agony is still number one. And for good good reason. Yeah. Like you said, they're back. This out, you know, there's nothing wrong with Broken Valley, but this album fucking blows it away. I mean, <laughs> that's for me, you know, I don't want to say anything bad about Broken Valley, but this is back to where I love it as much as the first two albums. Yes. And in, you know, I love Soul Searching Sun, oh, me and too. I know a lot of people got kind of got lost on that one, but this is up there with the best stuff they've ever done. Yeah. Well, you know, what I've always said about Life of Agony is every record they've done always has its own sound and its own vibe, but it always still sounds like Life of Agony. Right. You know, no matter what's going on. And um, this is no different, but what's cool with this one is it's like they took, it's like not only did they do something new and made something that sounded different, but it's like they took a lot of their old stuff and, and mixed it up and threw it in this one where you hear that could have been on this, that could have been on that. Right. But at the same time, you know, they didn't, it wasn't derivative or anything. And it just, it made for a really strong fucking record. Um, I think Mina's voice sounds great. Um, you know, I, you know, it's just, I don't know, man. I mean, there's so many hooks and it's just. Can you pick one song that's uh, your favorite song? Or is this one of those albums where it's like, I don't know, maybe this, I really maybe like, <laughs> well, Meet My Maker, I've always fucking loved. I thought that was great. But I also, you know, I loved a new low too. So I I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, those two would probably be, but see, you got a, the title track. That's fucking great too. So it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know, as Josta would say, everyone's a banger, right? You know, and then the little spots of you, I think, has to be talked about because it's so, it's just so like, it's haunting, and it's kind of like you said, it's like it feels like we even shouldn't even be listening to it because it's so like private or haunting or you know, however, and it's just, and and it, and it's a great end to an album and. You know, I think the story of what this band's been through and the back and forth and it just, and it's kind of like they're coming out on top with this record that sounds, you know, like kind of the best thing they've done in years, maybe the best thing they've ever done. So it's just, I mean, this had to be my number one. It had to be. Right. And I, you know, I've been a rabid fan since I was a kid anyway. So, I mean, I just, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to like anything they do. Sure. But, you know, this really, really stuck to me from the get-go. Right. More than, you know, the other 17 albums that we've talked about. Right. Yeah, this was an album that once I put it on and played it the first time and listened to it a second time, this, you know, happens a couple times a year with albums. Like, I'll just hear it and, like, I can't stop listening to this mm -hmm. to a point to where, like, okay... I've got to stop listening to this or else I'm going to get like burned out. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I listened to it like six or eight times that weekend it came out and, you know, slowed down for a minute, but then just kept going back. Even when a new yeah. album would come out, I'm like, this is cool. And then I just listened to Life of Agony again after that. Yeah. And it, like you mentioned, the little spots of you, the whole thing, Mina's uh, lyrics yeah. throughout this whole thing. This Well, this is never, you know, this isn't anything new. Their whole career, the lyrics have always been deeply personal. Oh yeah, and you know, 
can mean a lot to anybody, but you can tell they're always coming from, you know, a place of pain, mm-hmm. I guess is a good way to put it. Definitely. And Little Spots of You, like you mentioned, we talked about that, mm-hmm. is just one that's always almost even more than normal. And you're like, wow, you know, you feel uncomfortable at times. Yeah. yeah. But this whole, like, bag of bones is the same way lyrically. But, and to me, that's my favorite song on this album is just everything about it. It just is life of agony to the core. Mm-hmm. And that's just like one of my favorite life of agony songs of all time now. Yeah. And you could just go through every single, this is one of those albums you can go through every single song and say, well, this is good enough to be the best song on the album. Yeah. You don't need to skip anything. Right. And, and um, you know, it's like I said, every album has its own vibe. And the fact that they hadn't done an album in so long, and then you heard they were going to do one, you're like, oh, fuck, who knows where this is going to go. And so for it to come out and be that strong, is just it was fucking awesome. Yeah. And then you've got songs like A Place Where There's No More Pain and World Gone Mad that you can hear that these are probably going to be in the live sets yeah. for the rest of their career. Yeah, World Gone Mad. Wow. Yeah. Just one of those songs you can just listen to on repeat and just... Just keep screaming along to it, man. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like so glad that they came back and put out an album that's worthy of being a number one on the list. And I'm glad that I've seen everybody else that I've talked to or seen online talking about it. Even if it's not in their number one album, everybody how good is, is talking about how great it is yeah. and you know, yeah. has it on their lists and things like that. And then we just got the news, what, in this past week or two that Sal's out of the band now. Sal Scott, yeah, yeah, he left. So, I mean, I'm sure they'll get somebody. Yeah. But that's a band, man. I haven't... I've never seen him live with with Mina Caputo or Keith back in the day. You didn't? Remember the thing at Diamond Bar in Oklahoma City? You didn't go to that? With Flaw opening? Oh, okay, yeah, I did go to that. I was okay, about to so, say. Yeah. Because I was saying the other time I saw him was when Woodfield Crane was in the band. Yeah. Um, and you saw him with opening for Megadeth, right? Yeah, with Woodfield Crane. Oh, that was with Woodfield Crane. Okay. But yeah, I'd seen him at Ozfest. Yeah. But yeah, so it's been, even that was almost 20 years ago. I know. Right? I know. So it's been since the 90s either and, way. And, you know, that's how, you know, important this shit is to us. You know, that's how long they've been around and how long we've listened to them. Yeah. It's great. Maybe by the time we see him live, you'll have. That Life of Agony tattoo. I know. I keep saying I'm going to do it. The next one I get is going to be that one. So, you know, ah, one of these days I'm going to get around to it. Yeah. Well, there we go. We knocked out another one. There's your top 17. 2017. Run back through real quick. We had Accept, Prong. Always say, always say Accept. And I know some people say Accept. Accept. Sometimes I do that. I don't know. (laughs) Whichever way. Check that out. Then we had Prong, Cheap Trick, Power Trip, and Glorious, Tri-County Terror, Body Count, Denko Jones, Black Country Communion, Rancid, Warrant, Night Demon, and the top five was Iced Earth, Night Flight Orchestra, Living Color, Sons of Texas, and Life of Agony. Yeah. So yeah, we spanned we spanned the gamut of styles of music. We had pretty much everything but death metal, but neither one of us have ever been death metal guys anyway. No, no. <laughs> but, you know, let us know what you think of our list. Um, let us know what's on your yeah, list what's that's on not your on ours. List. You know, hit us up on, you know, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, 
that's that there's what it is. That's right. Well, looking forward to 2018, we've got Machine Head and oh, yeah. COC both have their albums coming out here in the next month. Yeah, it's going to be insane. Mid to late Jan- mid January for COC and late January for Machine Head. And the songs we've heard from those records so far are fucking phenomenal. Yeah. You know? So my guess is when you're listening to us in a year, those two bands are going to be in the top five or probably the top five, oh, top, yeah. fin- top ten at least, you know? Uh, Saxon's got a... New one coming out in Thunderbolt. That. That's a great fucking song. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm pumped for that. Judas Priest. That's right. Judas Priest has that album coming out and they're doing their big tour. Then I put Romstein down on the list of stuff I'm looking forward to. And I said this last year. Mm-hmm. But I said COC last year too because both of those bands, yeah, there, no, was, yeah. <laughs> there was rumors they had albums coming out this year. But yeah. So I'm sure we'll get that Romstein in 2018. Then Avatar's got this new one. I've liked every yeah, couple songs I've heard. Yeah, song you played me a little bit ago was really cool. Yeah. And then Satriani has a new one. And I'm guessing it's due time for Megadeth because they're pretty much on the two-year schedule. Yep. Yep. And then Miles Kennedy has this solo album coming out that sounds like it could be pretty interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I saw a thing where uh, Kerry King said a new Slayer record could come out this year. Okay. It's maybe conceivable, so we'll see. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, there's going to be some good stuff to look forward to in 2018. Demu Borger for all you black metal fans. Do they really have a new one? Yeah, I saw a thing where they've been working on it, but I don't know. Even a lot of black black metal guys don't really classify them as black metal anymore. Right. They're not hard enough. Well, when did they... I should have said that. How long have they been done? (laughs) We're not hard enough. Fuck. Who was that last... Because it's been a long time. Yeah, where they were wearing all the white stuff. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I can't remember. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you listening. Go back, dig through some of these 2017 episodes. Like we said, we had a few of these bands on that made our list. We've also had tons of other great stuff this year. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And then like us everywhere else. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us reviews and ratings there and anywhere you listen to us, no matter where it is, if it's there or SoundCloud or TuneIn or MixCloud, we appreciate it. You can find us pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. Also find them on YouTube as well, at The Thunder Underground. Facebook is backslash The Thunder Underground. And we've got over 150 episodes you can go back and check out. Gene Simmons has been on here. Bruce Kulik, John Connolly from Seven Dust, Reed Mullen from COC. Like we said earlier, we've had on guys from Sons of Texas and Night Demon. Um, Warrant. Yeah, Warrant. That kind of covers the people we listed today. Yeah. We've talked about all these other bands, and you kind of dig back through. We talked about this Life of Agony album when it came out for like 15 minutes. Same with Sons of Texas. Yeah. But yeah, go back and check those out. We appreciate it. We appreciate you listening in 2017 and spread the word in 2018. We'll keep them coming. Next week, we've got Brent from U.S. Bastards and Gore. And we're also going to be talking about this No Legacy record that came out that Eric Kluber put together. Oh, that's right. So, yeah. yeah, be looking forward to that as well. That'll be the first episode of 2018. Once again, we appreciate you listening. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.